Hi, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Gaze of the Round, the show where queer performers playtest tabletop roleplay settings made by queer creators. For those of you who are coming in straight to this episode instead of from the general introduction, here's how the show works. Each season of Gaze of the Round will be its own story with a different setting and cast of characters. Our cast and our game designers are all members of the LGBTQ community, and the stories we tell will have a plethora of queer themes. At the end of each season, the game or the setting that we play will be made purchasable online for any listeners who would like to try their own hand at the story, and all proceeds will go directly to supporting the game designers. I'm Lucian, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm your GM for this season, as well as the creator of the Gaze of the Round podcast. I also designed That Dark Academia, which is the setting for our first season. That Dark Academia is a world-building guide rather than a module, and is based on the mechanics of the Genesis role-playing system, which have also been modified to help any GM or players using this setting design a school and a story in the style of the Dark Academia literary genre. Much like Genesis itself, That Dark Academia is a toolbox, but the tools given are catered to creating a mysterious and, yes, pompous world for the table to explore. You've joined us now at our session zero, where we'll work through character creation and build our location together as a group. So if you've ever been curious about building a Genesis character, or if you want to listen to the process of designing this kind of setting, feel free to continue listening. Otherwise, our story will begin in episode three. Also, before we get into the nitty gritty of character creation, I wanted to outline what you can expect to hear throughout this season as a listener, and what you won't have to worry about. We did talk about this as a group when we moved into consent surveys, but since some difficult content does come up during character creation, I wanted to be upfront on these expectations before you continue listening. First and foremost, it is very important to send consent surveys before any tabletop RPG, but particularly before a game that is based in heavier themes. Our table filled out our consent survey prior to session zero, and all feedback was compiled to ensure everyone at the table knows the limits, allowing them to dive hard into certain subjects while still ensuring all players and the GM have a good time. That's the point, after all. For you, the listeners, I want to outline content warnings you can expect to see and others you will not have to worry about. This show will contain death, disease, some exploration of class differences, lack of control and metaphoric loss of autonomy within oppressive systems, previous child abandonment, alcohol use, and mild body horror. There may also be gaslighting, betrayal, and power imbalances, both amongst characters and between characters in the world at large. Sex and sexuality may play a factor at some point in the plot, but any of those interactions will result in a fade to black. What you will not see in this story is sexual assault, descriptions of torture, any gore will be only mildly referenced, domestic physical abuse, descriptions of or active animal cruelty, and excessive drug use. There will also not be overt homophobia, transphobia, religious discrimination, or racism. I will be clear, there is a tendency for this genre to include white characters who say extremely offensive and racist things framed as a quirky personality trait. This is gross and unacceptable, it will not be included, and in no small part is it related to the fact that both dark academia and modern academia as a whole is a very Eurocentric genre. While I do love the indulgence of the genre, as a white GM, I want to make sure we create this world critically, address and handle our implicit biases thoughtfully, and do as much research as possible so as to be able to work on where these failings are in a genre that is both enjoyable and problematic at its core. There are ways to examine what is considered high literature, but I do want to make sure that in acknowledging and widening that scope, I don't other or usurp those cultures or literatures. As such, the main focus here will likely to be critique that while the things that we study are ripe with the ability to be dissected and analyzed, they aren't the only options and their origins can lead us down dangerous and complicit paths and calling attention to that while simultaneously doing what we can to take away power from the aspects that contribute to outward harm. Furthermore, 
This isn't to say that confronting homophobia, religious discrimination, or racism aren't important things to explore in media, but this story has heavy themes as it is and will metaphorically explore the sensations of being part of systems that are not wholly built to include you. As a result, we don't want to harm our players or our audience by making them confront direct attacks on their identities and game. While all of our characters will face threats based on the world in which they live and the choices that they make, they will not be talked down to, attacked, or abused on the basis of things that are inherent about themselves. I will be reiterating these content warnings at the beginning of episode 3, and will provide individual content warnings on every episode description. Please stay safe and take care of yourself to enjoy the show. It's not all bleak, I promise. There's still laughter, friendship, the sense of coming into your own as a queer adult, and there's also karaoke and fencing matches, which is pretty cool. And for the actual last confirmation, I want to clarify that this setting was written in accordance with the guidelines set by the Genesis Foundry on how to craft your own content using the Genesis Core rules. That Dark Academia will be available on the Genesis Foundry at the end of the season. Thanks for listening, and let's jump into our session zero. All right, now that we're ready to jump in, let's meet the rest of our cast for the season. Keats, who are you and who are you playing? Uh, Put you on the spot! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you! Um, I am Keats, pronouns they, them, and I will be playing Eleanor Lane. Cool. Uh, So yeah, Riley, what's up? Who are you? Who are you playing? I am Riley Lynn, um, pronouns they, she, and he. Uh, my Twitter handle is the Riley Lynn, and I will be playing Clarence Monroe. And Sarah, who are you and who are you playing? I'm Sarah. Uh, I will be playing Eddie Everett, and my pronouns are she and they. Excellent. Well, we're happy to have everybody here. And so for those of you listening at home, um, all of us are friends and performers, um, and so I'm really excited to start jumping in here today as we build this weird little world that we have talked about, but I've been saving some of the the details for this particular purpose. So um, I think what we're going to jump in with first is character creation. We're going to go through motivations and also filling in the character sheet in the sort of like the style of that dark academia because I did have to change some stuff around and hopefully I'm not going to break everything. Oh yes, a good clipboard. Excellent. Yep. Love it. Me too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't get the memo. I, neither I did I. I have like no yeah. table space, so I need yeah. a clipboard. It's yeah. a little tiny table, so. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, us over here are like, fuck clipboards. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I am sitting at a table that's longer than I am tall, so I think I have enough table space. Yeah. <laughs> can spread out a little bit. If I don't have enough table space, I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> Love it. I've got a morbid collection of wig forms behind me that I think fit really well in the theme. Yeah. I feel like you're being watched. Yeah, sure do. Okay, cool. So for just the just sort of general Genesis overview is how to build the character is you've got a... Wow, I just made a huge noise. Uh, you've got a, an archetype, which would be sort of like the school that you're in. Um, which I know that you've all chosen. Um, And then you also have your major uh, for uh, career skills. So each of your majors, you'll have a specific set of career skills. Uh, You can still purchase skills that are outside of your career. It's just that they'll be more expensive with with the um, experience points that you're using to spend. So Mm -hmm. if you do want to swap around like one career skill, you can, because I know like Keats, your character um, has fencing skills and athletic skills that maybe might not work with their major specifically, or you can keep all of the career skills the way that they are and then just um, throw experience at all of the other ones. And we'll use, and you'll use the skills and your characteristics to create your dice pools. 
Um, I'll also say that at character creation, if you want to boost up your characteristics at all, so that's the presence, cunning, willpower, etc., etc., that will have to be done at character creation. And each one of those is 10 times the level that you're moving to or the number that you're moving to. So let's say that you have two in cunning and you want to move up to four. That's going to cost 70 experience because it'll be 30 experience for number three, 40 experience for number four. Um, and if you want to just like blast your initial experience into that to get yourself a good mm-hmm. dice setup, note though that four is like almost god tier because it is out of five. <laughs> so maybe don't boost something to five. <laughs> Please, Keats, no, Keats, no. <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, that's that was a look. Oh my god, you're a prodigy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or it's like, I'm going to use my base stats and then I'm going to dump all of uh, my experience into brawn. Oh my God. <laughs> Bring it up to five. Um, so, so strong. Yeah. There's no fighting in this game until mm. I show up. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I think you might be doing the only fighting unless like Eddie starts a fight, which could pop maybe. Could, I guess. Yeah, but probably yeah we'll not. see what happens. <laughs> I'll cheer you on. <laughs> He's not morally opposed. He doesn't have a lot of brawn, though. Yeah, I don't. Know. I, I don't think see if I can swap stuff because uh, yeah. it might make more sense. And again, like if well, you want to boost up any of those, that's totally fine. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, so for characteristics, character creation is the only time that we can do that. Um, I also will go over the knowledge skills as we um, build each character because we're I've created specific ones for the setting. Um, the way that Genesis works is that knowledge is typically just like a general intellect thing, and I'm like, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I have designed some specific ones like narrative structure is different than just general writing. Um, and there are pieces to that. And we'll talk through what those can be used for um, as we're building as well. Um, yeah, we'll start again. We'll just do the same order if that's OK with everybody. We'll build mm-hmm. uh, Eleanor first, then move on to Clarence, and then we'll move on to Eddie. Sweet. I'll put my clipboard down. OK. Okay, I cool. have the archetype in front of me this time. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to go. Should be, yes. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Eleanor and any sort of um, character traits that you might want like us to sort of brainstorm with you. So sort of what are they about? Who are they? Their appearance and general motivation. We don't have to go into too, de- too much detail because, again, we will be doing one-on-ones with everybody prior to session one. Oh my god. <laughs> Everybody shut up. Everybody shut up. We're going to podcast. Hey, keep it down. I heard whatever thump that was yeah. down here still. I heard it too. Oh, good. Definitely <laughs> not know. haunted. Definitely here we go. Something. <laughs> All right. Um, so Eleanor Lane is she, they for pronouns. Um, is a pre-med student who is going in uh, under a fencing scholarship, uh, despite the fact that they are supposed to be following like the legacy of being from well-respected doctor family. So like a legacy of medical professionals and things like that. So um, there's a lot of expectation there that they don't necessarily want to follow. So motivations are probably to just not get in trouble so they can stay on their fencing scholarship. And not have to mess with asking parents things because they don't want to follow necessarily what they're supposed to do. But, um, so they're fairly tall, about like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, pretty lean and muscular, strawberry blonde hair with hazel eyes and... Oh 
Despite being lean, looking at the character sheet, a little bit stronger than a one brawn, (laughs) 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 given the fact that they do uh, fencing all the time. They're fairly reserved, not great with full words and flourishes and things like that, which is where they lean heavily on their friends. But she's pretty quiet, tends to people watch, trying to think of any other things off the top of my head. Other than just we are love. Uh, I yeah, can't I, think of anything. I either. love them. Yeah, I know. It's just <laughs> like, like, wow. I'm into it. Um, I do have a quick question. Do you think yes. that, are they hoping that their fencing scholarship opens up other opportunities for them so that after they graduate, they don't have to move on to medical school? Like, do you think that they're, like, do they want to, like, quote unquote, waste the bachelor's but still graduate and have it? Or is this something that they're like, this is my last chance to enjoy being an athlete and doing what I love and I'll have to be a doctor. How, how are they feeling about that? I think probably on the crux of that where it's I will still get the degree itself and like pursue that but not as wholeheartedly as if they can work harder at fencing and get into some kind of like national or world championships or things. Mm-hmm. Seeing if they can kind of tow their way in quietly under the radar. <laughs> And then just kind of do that as long as possible. And then either if it doesn't pan out or if they get to the ripe old age of fencing retirement, which I don't know that age, but there's probably an age cutoff. Um, Look, then here's just Google. Leaning on that heavily <laughs> for their backup. There's probably age categories, I would imagine, as there are with yeah. most sports. sports. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I just wrote. Like, I searched fencing retirement age, and all I got was seven reasons to start fencing in your 30s, 40s, and beyond. And I'm like, that doesn't fucking help me. Um, But I think that if they've been doing it for a while, they got in on a scholarship, they're pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think that they probably could have been competing on, like, national teams already, but since they were also... And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is something that I think that her parents are glad that she's doing and that she's good at, but it's also like, this can't be your sole focus. Where it's like, ah, yes, our well-rounded child who can maybe, like, sort of play the piano and fences, but will be a doctor, of course. Yeah, it's a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> the renaissance. And she's just man. kind of like, well, we'll see about it being just my hobby. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Behind the back. But father, it's so much more to me. <laughs> it's not just a phase. God. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. We'll use that as, you know... The cloaking mechanism, because the actual being queer thing, mm-hmm. not a not a problem in this world, which is going to be great. But yeah. <laughs> if we want to explore the, it's not a phase. We got it. It's for your <laughs> hobbies, not your yeah. For your hobbies, not your orientation. Exactly. So I think that's the basic breakdown of Eleanor. I don't think I have any more. No, I think that we'll just be going into relationships after we like finish the character sheet for any of them. Um, so uh, first things first, you do have a starting um, experience of 100. You can uh, put that in to any of the characteristics and make sure that you put down your starting skills, which I think is just it's just the knowledge rank uh, that doesn't cost you any experience points. Um, and then after you mark your career skills, those will go up in increments of five. So typically skills cost 10 experience and then move up. So I move up by five. So it's 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. But for career skills, it'll be 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least that's how I've been doing it. And that's how I think the book told me to do it. And that's how I've been running all of my Genesis games. So if anybody's like a Genesis aficionado and is like, Lucian, what the fuck? We're doing it this way in Dark Academia. I also cut down two career skills because 
reasons. It just felt like with characters who are literally studying to build a career, it didn't make sense to have all eight. Again, if that does unbalance with any professors. Right now, our only professors are NPCs, so we'll see how that works. Um, and again, there's not going to be a lot of combat, so... Yeah. So just uh, clarification then. Yeah. Of all those skills, you can only take six total then? Oh, or is it six ranks? Uh, six. You'll have six career skills. And those are the ones that I sent yesterday. Yes. Um, so those are the ones that you mark down as career. You can take ranks in whatever skills you want. Okay. Um, but the career skills will be the ones that are less expensive for you. So all of the ones that you're starting with now, the, the six ones that are your career skills. Um. So you can also choose, and it, typically it's four, um, you can take a free, so you get your starting skills, you can also take a free rank in three of your six career skills before spending any points, because typically it's four out of your eight, but since we've got six, so you can purchase skills anywhere you want. Your career skills are, again, cheaper, and you can take three free ranks um, in any of your career skills before you start spending points. So you've got the original starting skills from your archetype, and then you can mm -hmm. take three free ranks in your career skills. And that's when you start spending. So since you do take the first, if you're going to take the first rank though, then the your second rank will cost you 10 experience points because if you had spent experience points on the first one, it would have been five. Loves yes. me some numbers. We will not have to worry about numbers in a bit. <laughs> it's all <laughs> symbols on the narrative dice, <laughs> but... Here we go. So when you take a skill, you don't start automatically with one rank. It's like a zero rank. And then you get three free ranks to distribute among your skills. Among your career skills. So among your you've career got, skills. Yeah. So if you look at your character sheet, this is my favorite part. I love doing this mm -hmm. stuff. Okay. <laughs> so if you look at your character sheet, um, you'll see that there's a column that says career question mark. Um, for the ones that are your career skills, you're going to want to mark that off. You'll also want to write down individually your knowledge skills because each one has a different, like each of you has a different knowledge that you're proficient in or that you have, that you'll have a career skill in. So you mark all six of those off and you don't take any ranks in them except for the one that is your starting skills that you have with your archetype. So like for Keats, that would be the knowledge rank in the major of their choice, um, which is, <laughs> I, okay. I had to come up with a difference between knowing the inside of a person's body and biology. So I just called it knowledge body and it's <laughs> fine and we can change that name. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can take three free ranks in those from your career skills and then you can distribute the rest of your experience points amongst characteristics, any other skills that you want um, and talents. Once again, you'll build your dice pool based off of how many ranks you have in the skill you're using and the ranks in your characteristics. And wherever those overlap, you'll upgrade some dice. It doesn't always have to be like you'll lose dice if your ranks are less in the skill than the characteristic. Whichever one is higher is where you're going to build the beginning of the pool. And then you upgrade from there. For uh, for the science in particular, for the uh, pre-med, mm -hmm. knowledge body. Do I write body next to knowledge or is that... Does that go underneath the blank spots? Uh, it'll go in one of the blank spots because okay. the one that they filled in is just the general one that I decided, you know, we're not going to use because the whole point of this is knowledge. And so we're doing specified knowledge. So you'll fill in your, and this is for everybody, you'll fill in the names of your knowledge ranks that you have um, in those little boxes down there. Would that then count as the career skill that is a career skill yes okay so the career skills that you've got keats i have cool <laughs> discipline 
vigilance, negotiation, and body. You got it. Um, yeah. And then you can also spend any remaining experience on talents, uh, which is sort of which is on the back of your character sheet, and it is more of a tree. Um, so tier one talents all cost uh, five experience points. Tier twos are ten, and again they go up by fives. Um, but you have to have purchased enough of tier one talents in order to move on to the higher tiers. So you have to do at least two tier one talents before you can buy a tier two, two tier talents before you can buy a tier three, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you can use those to round out your character. And so um, if there's any that you've looked through that you know you want to purchase today, that's fine. Otherwise, you don't have to go through all like 100 or 80 of your experience while we're sitting on this call. Um, that's up to you. And I'm also happy to answer any other questions as we continue the build. So Lenore, what are you thinking? Are you moving up in characteristics or? Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Not by much. Fortunately, we can buy things. Purchasing in this economy. Yes. <laughs> it's like a nice little fantasy. We get to just purchase stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so far I have the knowledge body written down um, mm -hmm. for the free sciences yep. skill. Ooh, how much of a negotiation person is Lenore going to be? <laughs> I know that we're going to like go into the like your relationships like a little bit later, but I definitely have the mental image of Lenore having to like be a translator amongst the group as far as bringing things down to a fully understandable level. So if that helps, but that would be my only input on that if anybody else has any input. Does anyone else have negotiation? Eddie, I guess. Eddie does. Mm -hmm. Okay. Eddie does? I, I yep. do not, so. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie's definitely a friendly person, not to like jump in on like what who Eddie is too early, but he is friendly. So if you want to keep that in mind with like Lenore's business. Eddie is a friendly negotiator. Yep. Ooh, is she a scary negotiator? Yeah, is Lenore I the... think a little bit. <laughs> Ooh, intimidation. I love. Hilarious. there might be some intimidation uh, within that negotiation. So I think I am going to take that one free one just, just in it. case. This seems like we may have to discuss with people <laughs> about yeah. opinions and things. What? No. Have you <laughs> looked at the objective table? Never. No discussion. Sure. No, no one's never, talking not ever. Not one bit. Okay, how much of a difference, just quick question, how much of a difference between medicine versus knowledge body is there? I'm assuming knowledge body is like, I understand that your radius and ulna are the two bones in your forearm kind of thing versus I can patch that up for you with this Hello Kitty Band-Aid. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> Oops. Here's the thing. I was about to be like, that's a great question, and then go into my spiel, but you absolutely nailed it. The knowledge <laughs> okay. is like that, like, I've studied the bones. I know what they are, uh, and I can tell you what just broke. I can tell you what just cracked. Medicine is like, it, it. there is an overlap there a little bit, but it's sort of like the knowledge body is a practical knowledge of how those things are, how they work, um, and the ability to do further research using the human body. And then medicine is sort of like how using that knowledge, how well can I help patch you up um, or discern like where that's coming from or what you've done to yourself. <laughs> Got it. Okay. One other uh, 
clarification question? Cool yeah. versus discipline? Because uh, cool is like keeping your cool, right? Yeah, cool is defined a little bit more as yeah how level-headed you can maintain yourself in a stressful situation, and discipline is sort of like how you know how well I can focus or pay attention to a specific task that I'm doing, like how. Discipline is like, I can write this paper within two hours. Cool is like, you are in my face and I am not going to punch you. <laughs> um, is sort of like the the specific difference between those two. Again, I will uh, really quick verify, but I'm pretty sure I know this. I've only ripped this book to shreds. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. I just wanted to double check that I yep. was interpreting it correctly before yeah. writing things down. Yeah. So yeah. cool is maintaining composure. Um, discipline is ability to focus your mind, quiet your thoughts, concentrate on a specific task. Okay. It's also good for overcoming fear or horror where the source is unknown. Mm. What? Mm. Discipline is? (laughs) Yeah, Mm. discipline. I love that. Well, guess who's going to take a free point in discipline? (laughs) (laughs) Me! (laughs) Seems wise. (laughs) Okay, so that's all my free things. Mm -hmm. So leveling up Brawn from a one to a two, at least, would cost the 20, correct? Yes. Okay. Then we're just going to start dipping into this pool. I have now graduated to brawn two. Strong muscles. Yay. Average muscles. It's probably not worth it to up it to three, is it? That's up to you. Yeah, it doesn't seem worth it. So I think everything will stay at twos except intellect, which is three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that should be sufficient. Cool. All right. How much of the purchases do you want me to like go through out loud and everything? I think that since we've sort since you've decided on your like career ranks and your characteristics, um, and if you want to, while we continue, I mean, obviously everybody feel free to jump in if they have like opinions on everybody's characters. We'll move towards like Claire's motivations and everything, um, mm-hmm. and you can continue to look through, and then we'll check in with some of the the final additions after uh, we move through that. Yep. But I love it. Me too. I'm excited. Heck yeah. yeah. And we built up the characteristics and now it's like, wow, that's that's so easy, but also expensive. Um. <laughs> yeah. I only have 80 left to go. <laughs> oh no, only 80. Sarah says that's what I start with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, really? yeah, well, Sarah's um, archetype also starts with two characteristics that are at three. Um, and so the starting experience is lower for mm-hmm. yeah. characters with those kinds of starts. I do too. Oh, well, fucking brag about it. And I still have 100 experience. Is that a mistake? Uh, no. Okay. Because you have two that are also at one. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah. So two is like decent at this. Mm-hmm. Um, three, four, and five are like, I'm even better at this. So since you've got two, so since you start with one brawn and one agility, you got to have... <laughs> <laughs> uh, two you've got to get you have the three in intellect and in willpower and you do get to start with a hundred because i took <laughs> both brawn okay. and agility away from you that's fair i don't want them back <laughs> okay <laughs> keep <them>. excellent clarence <laughs> is like <clears throat> don't i'm good me i won't hit you i will stand behind lenore and eddie yeah yep I love yes. how it's like they also don't want to run away either. They're just like, I would like to never be put in this position. <laughs> right. <laughs> With the one agility. All right. So speaking of Clarence, what's up with Clarence? <laughs> Clarence Monroe. Okay. His alias is Claire. He is gender fluid. He, they. Um, oh, how old are we is a question I meant to ask as well. Either 21 or 22. 
Um, cause okay. I think we decided, we decided that y'all were, <laughs> so I got it. Um, uh, <laughs> we decided that y'all were, uh, seniors starting your senior year is where we're going to open the story. Well, we'll, we'll open the story later and, but we'll talk more about that later. Um, mm-hmm. but we're going to open at the beginning of your senior year. So depending on when your birthday is either 21 or 22, or if you went to college later, you can be older than that. Oh, help me with birthdays. Clarence being a Virgo birthday. So his birthday is 9-14-22. That could really go either way. Um, yeah. if it depends on... So if he was Were in you a baby school, in class? Yeah, or? were you the, the baby in class yeah. or was the cutoff... Yeah, did you go a year after the cutoff before you entered school? So you might even be barely 21. You might be turning 21 Oh, if you God. were the baby. Yeah. So if you started college at 17, like if you graduated high school at 17 and were the baby of the class and then started college at 17, you would be <laughs> turning 21 in like two weeks from the start. <laughs> oh, my. Can I have him be older? Yes, <laughs> you can. OK. OK. All right. So he's 22. Yeah, he'll be turning 22. OK. Um, he has green eyes, blonde wavy hair, um, kind of to his ears. He tends to run his hand through it when he's working too much, so you can tell how agitated he is by how messed up his hair looks. Um, We're all he's five eleven. Huh? We're all blonde. All blonde. <laughs> Continues. The blonde brigade. <laughs> oh no. Um. <laughs> Hilarious. I'll fill I'll fill that in with some NPCs. I'm so sorry for interrupting. <laughs> You're good. Sounds good. (laughs) He's uh, 5'11". He has a pretty average build, but I feel like he has a tendency to be very quiet sometimes when he's listening. So he like kind of his presence is a little bit smaller Um, and he dresses like a stereotypical tenured professor in a bad way. Uh, Most of his clothes (laughs) are pretty ill fitted, large overcoats and tweed and elbow patches. He has learned that if he dresses like this, he is less likely to be questioned if he stays in buildings after hours on campus. He's loyal, he's kind, um, hardworking, stubborn, kind of an all-work, no-play thing. Very romantic, very dramatic, uh, quotes poetry. Incredibly curious to the point where he is often obsessive, and that makes him narrow-sighted to things that are outside of his realm of study. Um, He's really obsessed, I think, with the difference between things that last throughout society and things that are ephemeral um, and kind of studying the difference between those, um, the difference between trends and enduring things. He likes pop music but is really embarrassed about this so he will not admit it and also his um, actually I won't reveal this yet. I think it's funny but maybe I won't say it. (laughs) Should I say it? Is it his fear? No, it's his least favorite food. Oh, I mean, if you want us to, like, cut it, if you want us to know, but we cut it out, we can do that mm-hmm. if you want to reveal okay. it, if you All want right. the characters to know. Sure, if you can choose if you want to cut it or not. His least favorite food is seafood, and the smell of lobster <laughs> makes him sick, and the reason he goes to Zapelli's Lobsters is because he likes Eddie so much. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, he's perfect. <laughs> to be fair, Zapelli's is only a lobster place right. on Sundays. Yep, he goes there on Sundays if Aww. Eddie's working. <laughs> oh, that's really cute. Dingus. Oh, and he has a tendency to um, not sleep for his work sometimes and is usually seen with some sort of caffeine source in his hand. Buddy. And no wonder these two are friends. I should have gone down <laughs> my list more. <laughs> we, and we can also okay, mine will be shorter. <laughs> And, yeah, oh, go ahead. And he works at the flower shop. 
in town near campus. He's very sad he didn't get the job as the librarian to his ex. Unbelievable. I think that's all. I don't know if I missed anything. I don't think so. And I think that the as we continue to flesh them out, it'll be more in our group discussion areas of that. Mm Mm-hmm. So looking at um, Clarence's archetype, um, you do have a free rank in uh, one of the knowledge ranks in the major of your choice. You've got three, so you can pick which one um, you want is like the first free rank. And then you've got three more free ones for career skills. Um, Or wait, are you literature or writing? I'm so sorry. It's literature. Oh, literature. That's what I thought. Okay, cool. So yeah, you've got three, (laughs) three knowledge skills. I know. Okay, so his knowledge skills then just to like, Make sure I'm doing this correctly. Mm-hmm. He's got discipline, vigilance, coercion, knowledge literature, knowledge narrative structure, knowledge mythology. Yep. He will take a rank in knowledge literature. Okay. And then he has three more as the career building for free. Okay. Um, I'll do coercion, discipline. Can I do another knowledge or no? Yes, you can. Yeah. Okay. I'll do narrative structure because he's also writing and trying to get some of his uh, theories published. So, <laughs> oh, I love, I love them so much. Um, also, really quick, uh, just because this is one of the skills that I think is it, it's passive, but it's extremely useful, and it's also for those who are more familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, kind of like, why do I use this? Um, so the difference between perception and vigilance is sort of like perception in Genesis is sort of an investigation. It's trying to find stuff. It's also what you can generally see around you. Vigilance is how well equipped you are to things that you're not looking at. So m- how often can you tell that someone from the back of the room is like staring at the back of your head? Um, how often can you tell that something's like off in the corner? So it's extremely, it's extremely useful, but it it is, it, a lot of people don't utilize it if they're coming from Dungeons and Dragons because they're like, I don't know what the hell this is. Right. Um, yeah. That makes- but yeah it's, so it's essentially passive perception um, and how well you can do that. It just also makes you less likely to be surprised in a given moment and can sort of trigger like an advantage in... Like if you have to throw something at somebody or something like that, um, okay. which of course the dice will fully decide that for you, but mm-hmm. it'll, it'll help in that way. So um, okay, that's just a quick overview of vigilance because it's a freaking great skill and mm-hmm. underutilized as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I have one quick question as I'm filling in my own things. Career skills are only five per rank, correct? Uh, it, go- it goes up. Five fives. Well, yeah. Instead so be of... five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Yep. So your free one is the five rank, um, but you don't have to spend five experience mm-hmm. points. But the next rank, that'll be ten. But the other 15. ones starting at rank one would be five. If they're career, career. If they're career skills. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure that I wasn't cheating the system. Right. Carry on. <laughs> I don't want to break the rules. <laughs> me writing down vigilance. Yep, that's going to cost me some. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Alrighty. Anything else in your initial sussing out of Clarence's character sheet that you want to share? Or um, I think I will spend some experience points to give him a second rank in discipline mm-hmm. and knowledge literature. Okay. And how much does it cost to take a rank? So it costs 10 to take a rank in a skill that's not your career skill. Yeah. So it starts 10 and then it goes up by five. So 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Okay. I might do, I might give him a rank in perception then if that's a little more like investigation. So then that'll cost 30 total experience points. Uh, If, are you doing, are you trying to bring it up to what rank? 
Uh, brigands just for all of them combined, two. right? Huh? Yes, sorry. Okay. Discipline to rank two, knowledge literature to rank mm-hmm. two, perception to rank one. That's 30 experience points. Yep. Okay. Cool. I kind of understand it. Yay. <laughs> it's like, yay. <laughs> yay. Love it. Uh, I think that's it for now. Cool. All right. And we'll check back in um, with any talent stuff. And we don't also have to tell everybody every talent that we have, but we'll just <laughs> talk about that together. Alrighty, So we're going to move on to the personality of <laughs> the lovely and comparable Eddie. Yay. Tell us about Tell us about them. Wonderful Eddie, Eddie Everett. He's non-binary, but pretty masculine. So he mostly goes by he. And he's very friendly, pretty relatively outgoing. He tends to be very chatty, I think. And and just friendly. Like if he sees somebody, he rollerblades around campus. So he'll like wave to everybody he knows and kind of just like call hey, although he won't necessarily stop and linger. <laughs> so he's he's that kind of mix of friendly, but he, he wants to get where he's going type stuff and like I said I think optimistic he has a few close friends or who whom he considers close which are probably Claire and Lenore assuming we're starting in as already knowing each other and that kind of thing oh yeah 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 he's just kind of I think he exudes a little bit of a puppy dog kind of energy although if he doesn't care about what he's working on or the people he's with necessarily he can be a little bit flaky and not pay that much attention to what's going on with them so you know if he doesn't like you you might not know but he won't show up (laughs) (laughs) that's my favorite description (laughs) you might not know he doesn't like you but he sure won't be there (laughs) yep so good Love him. Oh, same. And uh, Mm -hmm. what does he look like and what is he studying? Yeah, he's, so he's about 5'10", dirty blonde, or like dark, darker blonde hair, pretty short. He's broad-shouldered, blue eyes. Um, He tends to wear a lot of thrifted clothes, but mostly like sweaters and sweatshirts um, or like button-up tees tucked into jeans and just like corduroy pants probably that he finds and he's studying uh theatrical production so he's a theater theater kid so since it sounds like he likes some sort of like color schemes with like his sweaters and stuff Mm -hmm. does and being a theater prod person does Mm -hmm. he only have one black outfit for when he needs to do tech things and it's just like shoved in the back of the closet it's like, probably I don't, <laughs> I don't it's like his black. black turtleneck <laughs> and his black <laughs> pants or leggings that he has that he brings I to love. set i adore that <laughs> me too so funny because it's like it's one thing if it's your whole wardrobe and you're like oh i have tech tonight but i'm good and he's like right. oh i have tech tonight I'm i have to grab it. my black outfit <laughs> uh, i'll bring it with me in a bag so i can change in the bathroom <laughs> That's so real. Yeah, right. So much. It's so good. He's a good time. A really good time. (laughs) I love. So good. And uh, where does he work? Oh, he works like we haven't already said. But I know he works at Zappelli's Lobsters. Zappelli's, the Italian place that serves lobsters on Sundays. (laughs) (laughs) And whose um, (laughs) mascot is a blue (laughs) crayfish. Not a lobster. <laughs> Not a lobster. Oh, Zapelli's. 
You're doing the best. I think this is going to be the jumping off point to what the town feels like outside of the college Mm -hmm. is that that's Mm -hmm. like the main restaurant Mm -hmm. and it's a little bit bizarre. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Really kitschy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Kind of a touristy college town probably. Mm -hmm. And I think Eddie's family does live there. So he's like a townie who then went to college in town. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. So Eddie got a starting experience of 80 um, yeah. Because you're decent at most things, and I have a sneaky suspicion that you're about to be decent at uh, <laughs> the other thing, too. <laughs> <laughs> I might change. We'll see. He might not. Okay. 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 Um, okay. 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 Because he can take coordination, and I think that's like more yep. of his thing. Right. Um, then, like, uh... yeah. And since he can, he gets coordination or one of his knowledge things for free, yep. I think he's going to throw that into coordination. Perfect. Yeah. Just for my own, like, because I have to, like, say it so that I get it. Please. Um, so he gets the one point in either coordination or knowledge rank of his major or whatever, I mm-hmm. think. And yep. then does he get another three for free? Yes. So okay. as part of the starting skills, he's got one in either his knowledge, one of his knowledge ranks or in coordination. Mm-hmm. And then you can take three free ones as part of the career skill building. Cool. So he'll he'll just do that in negotiation, theatrical history, and construction. I think. Sweet. Um, and then can you explain skullduggery again? Because you have before, but like absolutely, I need um, to. Yeah. Yeah. I might take one in that because it's. Fun. I mean, skullduggery is great. Um, skullduggery sometimes can be like confused with streetwise, but they are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of like rogue shit: disarming traps, picking locks, breaking out of stuff, anything that's sort of like thievery or being able to like maneuver something so like if i would mm-hmm. say one of the reasons why a theater production has uh skullduggery is that there is that construction but there's also going to be pieces that just like disappear or go mm-hmm. missing and you'll need to be able to like finagle that right break um, stuff together yeah and also i think that you it's a little bit it's a little bit sleight of handy um mm-hmm. and so uh, that's something that would just be a useful skill that i think you would learn through both construction and working with actors and other theater people yeah, I think he's going to take one in that and then another. I think I'll give him another rank in the coordination. Perfect. I'll throw another one in athletics too, just for the sake of it, mm-hmm. since it's only five experience points. Mm-hmm. And the experience points, if we if we don't spend them all on character creation, do they carry over or do we have yes. to use them all? You don't have to use uh, them all. It's just your starting perfect. experience. Um, just make it And you will be like, of course, you'll be gaining experience as we go, but you mm-hmm. don't have to spend all of them in character creation. Most people do. But yeah. it's not required. You get to keep them. Cool. Just want to make sure. They're yours. You have them. <laughs> a gift. A gift. I'll probably, I'll probably spend them all, but you never do know. <laughs> I'm, I feel like the more that you look at talents, we're going to see just knowing you as a player. And I mean that like with literally only affection because I think it's great. What the <laughs> heck was that? I That's hear the it. furnace. Ah. Oh, turning uh, on. Warmth. Okay. At the so, worst moments. Forewarning everybody, <laughs> we're gonna have furnace. <laughs> <laughs> furnace. The furnace what? wants to play too. Yeah. Aw. Well, I think that that's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> can I be a character in your dark academia game? Sure can. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well. Um. Any other questions as far as basic build for Eddie? No, I don't think so. I think I'm. Good. I, 
I also do want to say that your special skill yeah, to, yeah. that you can use to destroy points is probably the funniest thing that I've ever created. Not to toot oh my, my own god, heart, it's such a move. It's like my it's college career. My favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no, I'm good. No, I got it. No, I got it. I got it. Don't it's fine. meant to it's do fine. this the whole time. Yeah, I knew exactly what I was doing. But if you fail, not only do people know you were lying, but it is embarrassing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, one other aspect of Eddie's personality that I forgot, but he um, he likes Claire as well. But I think he's the type of person who will do stupid shit to make people he likes laugh. And so he'll be kind of either a goofball or he'll do dumb shit. So we'll see how that goes. (sighs) (laughs) Keats just like. <laughs> I adore that so much though. I know. Me right. Too. This is a great this is a great cast of characters. Right. Or if like his friends are having a bad day, he'll probably up being kind of goofy or something. Mm-hmm. So cute. Yeah. I love. I don't know if it'll come up, but that's just who he is. Yeah. I also forgot to mention that Claire um looks vaguely skeletal sometimes, like in the face, like he's got really high cheekbones, so he just looks a little off putting sometimes and <laughs> sort of haunted. I can imagine after like <laughs> lots of reading and studying where there's also like three days of no sleep and just bags under his oh, eyes. Yeah. It's a yep. sight to behold. He looks terrible. <laughs> looks kind of scary. <laughs> oh bud. I'm haunted. <laughs> I love that idea. Just and then the haunted one. Just oh, that's Claire. No worries. <laughs> He's like that. <laughs> he doesn't throw a punch, but he might be distracting if standing directly behind people who are throwing punches. Elva, we're talking about this so much, but we're probably not going to punch anybody. This whole <laughs> oh <thing>. yeah, <laughs> probably like, not. not. Very Maybe. Probably not though. You never. We all know, look like but... we just walked out of a thrift store. I don't think we're going to be like <laughs> yeah, right. rocking and punching people. I did forget to mention Lenore wears like loose clothes and oversized sweaters with like nice. long cardigans and jackets to hide. Oh my god, their height. Can we share clothes? <gasps> I feel like that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they're pretty, they're pretty tall too. You said five ten. Yep. Five nine. Yeah. So five ten. Claire's five eleven, so we can totally share clothes. You're the tallest, yeah. Clarence. Yeah, Clarence is the tallest. Aww. Eddie's five ten too, so we're just a bunch of tall how did kids. You, how did y'all? You all said make Eddie was short. People what? who are five ten, like I just was like, Hysterical. I'll let them run free. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have different to live my from life my usual. Five three, yes. right? <laughs> five one. Come on. Yeah, right. I'm gonna be five ten. <laughs> Or 5'11". Yeah. I just got done making like two short OCs and I was like, I'm not having this anymore. I have to go back. <laughs> I'm over it. I want to be done. tall. <laughs> it is funny though, because my, like outside of this, my only fencer character is also 5'11". <laughs> <laughs> it's the That's just the mood is 5'11". 5'11 is a great height. Just feels good. It's not quite six feet. Yep. Right. But tall. Yep. But tall. But Perfect. Tall. All right. So... Within the three of you, we have decided, so you're seniors, you're starting your senior year. You have been friends since your freshman year when you took a queer literature freshman first year seminar with Dr. Julian White has been his name, but I found out this morning that that's a rugby player. Well, oh, um, so I might change his last name. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But maybe I'll keep it. <laughs> we'll so, see. Well, that's... Julian Offwhite. You do, yeah. You call him Julian Beige. (laughs) Doctor Julian Beige. (laughs) 
paging paging professor beige <laughs> i'm gonna burn the hairs down <laughs> <laughs> um i that's so funny and Jules is the kind of guy, I, you probably would have called him Julian anyway, so regardless of if we change his last name, because he's not a rugby player, um, <laughs> regardless if we do that or not, you'd be on f- friendly terms with him, uh, Claire specifically. And I think that he would have, because of the fact that I think that he's also uh, Claire's advisor, he would know that the three of you still do study groups frequently. Um, and I think he would foster that. He's the kind of, he looks like a professor, but he also is kind of cool. Like he wears t-shirts underneath a tweed jacket. That Mm -hmm. kind of guy. Oh my god, he looks better than I do. (laughs) He's got like, yeah, he's got like graphic tees that have some dumb joke on them. But then he also has, you know, like glasses and a sweater. Um, He's got Mm -hmm. shaggy medium brown hair. And he's sort of tan. But he was the, your introduction to each other. You've been friends ever since, which is kind of sweet in college. Because, I mean, college can change things so fast. So maintaining these relationships, I think, is an important thing for the three of you because you're all studying different things and so you're not always I think tumbling over each other like I think that mm-hmm. since you have different life experiences it's easy to come back together as friends because you don't have any of those expectations like that lady in my class who's really mean to me is not hanging out <laughs> in like this little study group this is just our own space are there is there anything more that you want to like talk about in terms of all of your dynamics that you'd want to oh wow let me try that again that feels better i was trying not to breathe because i knew that if i had like stopped the sentence i would be like (gasps) but then i did it anyway uh so if there's anything about like your interpersonal relationships that you'd like to explore if you'd like to talk about your npcs or how your other characters would know those npcs that's fine i just happen to know more about julian because we've talked about him previously and Mm -hmm. yeah i think i mean i think Eddie's got a bit of a crush on Claire, and I think he likes Lenore a lot, just like enjoys spending time with them. I think he feels like Lenore's mostly a calming presence, especially when they're working on things. And he really appreciates that because I think he tends to attract a lot of people in general. And so he likes to be around the people that are more low key Yeah, when he's like being more like not turned on. He's not turned on. Right. As much with them. The people that he doesn't have to project around. Right. Like he can be as off the wall or subdued as he wants to mm-hmm. be. Exactly. Yay. That's yeah. really nice. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think in a similar vein to that, Eleanor likes hanging out with Claire and Eddie a lot because one, they're not sitting there discussing the latest medical journal and he, like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I have a thing where I think Eleanor hates having to read those. <laughs> And so, like, That's the more fair. people talk about them, the more she's just like, I'm I'm out of here. I'm done. So I think <laughs> having, it? like, that lighter presence as a way of relaxing because Eleanor is a workaholic and so just always has some kind of <laughs> – I know I have that written down. I was like, oh, man. It's one of the few times they can actually, like, relax. This mm-hmm. is their time off, even if they're still studying. It's mm-hmm. at least around people they enjoy. Definitely. Um, I think similarly to both Eddie and Lenore, Claire very easily falls in love with people, like even between platonically and romantically. So um, at some point, I feel like he has lamented either internally or perhaps if he's a little tipsy externally about how great both of them are, (laughs) perhaps to each other or to the person they're talking about. And I think he is very calmed by them. Like Lenore is a very, seems 
like a practical personality where he tends to be very whimsical. Um, and Eddie is very loud for the most part, where he tends to be very quiet and self internal. Yeah. Oh my God, I was going to say something else. I forgot. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> oh, it was important too. What the hell oh, was no. it? Was it about his like romantic tendencies? Was it about. Oh, I was going to say. Um, if they were open to it, and maybe sometimes even if they're not, because he doesn't, he probably doesn't see that they're not open to it. He would often excitably talk about um, his latest thing that he's been reading or the sort of writing he's composing and tend to just like go on about it for a while unless someone stops him. Adorable. <laughs> so cute. So cute. And he asks a lot of questions. So <laughs> if you come with something that is able to be questioned, be prepared to be questioned. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. I also want to explain kind of the tones that we're working with. So for those of you who are listening right now, um, tones is something that is used in Genesis, but we created specific tones for that dark academia that can explore facets of storytelling that typically show up in the literary genre. So I'm not going to give an overview of all of them because one of them might be a thing that uh, comes up in the future. <laughs> uh, I will say that the classic dark academia novel is one of the tones because you can mix and match the tones. So there's things like Secret Fight Club. You know, if you want to make revolutionary girl Utena, because why wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> um, so Secret Fight Club, Secret Society, and classic dark academia novel. So those always open, well, not always, but in almost all of them that I've read. And I read some bad ones and I've read some good ones. Um, the open, There's always the reveal of the big crime or death uh, happens very early on in the story. And then the remainder of the story is used to learn about the characters and uh, have them go through up to the point where the crime or the death or something intense happens. And then sort of after that, the disintegration of like their senses of self, their mental health, um, the dark academia as a whole tends to work with themes of death, class differences, queer friendship and love, pursuit of knowledge, obsession and the loss of the self, as well as coming into adulthood. Uh, there's also themes of sort of like either intense religious affiliations or nihilism and whether or not there is a search for meaning. So since we're using that as sort of our, since we're using that as our platform, um, we are going to open with a scene where someone dies and then the rest of the story is going to be building up. I think probably to that point, I don't think we're going to go into like, and then this person dies and then we disintegrate depending on how long it takes to get to that mm -hmm. point. Um, so that could be the end of our story as well as the beginning of our story. And we'll just see how that goes and how that plays through. So what we need to do is we'll need to build the school and the location as well as decide before we move into that sort of world building. Do we know who that's going to be? I have a couple of ideas um, and I can work with the story to make any of them work. Um, but I was wondering if anybody wants to know who. Because, I mean, we got, we have, since we're opening with it, we'll have to know. Or do you want me to surprise you with it? Do you want to not know who dies before session one? It's none of you. <laughs> I would hope oh, not. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm honestly good either way. Okay. Knowing whether they die or not, whoever it may be. Same. I'm very torn because I want to be surprised, but also I feel like I will plan better if I know who it is. Yeah. Okay. So the the ones that I have as I think the the best ones mm -hmm. are either the theater professor, uh, Adalia, the fencing rival, or Julian. <laughs> it's also juicy. <laughs> juicy. All of those sound 
Good to me. I was going to say that the theater professor could be one of the ones who died. So mm-hmm. I don't remember if I said it earlier. Okay. But I was like, I feel like that'd be a good. Oh, that'll work. Death person. Yeah. I wonder about Julian because we were all tied to Julian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we want to make sure we're all tied to the person who dies. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that one would play with some more emotions as well, just because it sounds like we were closer to him as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the reason we all met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We probably hung out in his like office hours at points too, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Riley's like, wait, that's sad. <laughs> I'm soft. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm down to kill Julian if everyone yeah. thinks that that narratively works the best. Probably does. Yeah. <laughs> Just because he's such a central figure to all of us mm-hmm. in our meeting. Yeah. Um, I will also say that there. Yeah. So we're gonna we'll go with that for now. Um, so I can continue down that sort of planning. I will also say that I sort of have um an info dump NPC who works at the school journal. Her name is Shreya. I don't know a bunch more about her, but um, if you want to write her down, she, you know, she's not like hot goss person, but since she does so much with the newspaper, she kind of keeps track of the school, what's going on with it. Yeah, Shreya, S-H-R-E-Y-A. Yep. And so if, as you're coming up with, um, and as we move into the one-on-ones, how you know her and who would know her the best, um, that's something to keep in mind. And she should be pretty fun and a little knowledge well if you need to <laughs> yeah, step in a thing. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Great. <sighs> well, now that I talked a lot, we've got about an hour left. Um, so we'll do locations in episode two, which for us means right now. Yeah. Nice. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Gaze of the Round. The Gaze of the Round podcast and network are a subset of Lucian Brinkley Media Services, LLC. This season's setting is That Dark Academia, which was created using the core rules of the Genesis role-playing game system by Fantasy Flight Games and in accordance with the guidelines set by the Genesis Foundry for original content. It will be available online through the Foundry at the end of the season. This season features Sarah Kay as Eddie Everett, Keats as Eleanor Lane, and Riley Lynn, who also designed our graphics and branding, as Clarence Monroe. You can find Sarah on Twitter at A Blinding Idea, Keats on Twitter at KLOlson32, that's O L S E N 32, and Riley on Twitter at The Riley Lynn, that's L I N N. All three cast members are co creators of the fictional school Heldholm University and the town of Heldholm. I'm Lucian the GM for the season, as well as the creator of the setting That Dark Academia and the Gaze of the Round podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Cafe with Lucian. Aiden Chan, sometimes known as Dungeon Maestro, is the composer and performer of the original music heard on That Dark Academia. You can find Aiden on Twitter at Aiden Chan, that's A-I-D-E-N-C-H-A-N, and also on YouTube and Spotify. Our official character art, as seen on our Twitter, was done by Tilome. You can find them on Twitter at T-U-L-O-M-N-E. For more updates on this show and planned future shows, follow us on Twitter. Yeah, I know. More Twitter. It's fine. <laughs> at Goternet Pods. That's G-O-T-R-N-E-T-P-O-D-S. We've loved having you with us, and we'll see you in the next episode.